on edge. We keep thinking it, they've got it, they've got it, and then it flares back up, and it's just to total devastation. Pacific Gas and Electric is warning that it might cut out power starting tonight to about 158,000 customers in parts of 21 northern California counties because of the increased fire danger and heat. The outages could last for up to three days. Colorado is bracing for weather whiplash. Temperatures around 100 in Denver today will be a distant memory by tomorrow. CBS News meteorologist Jeff Buridelli. We are about to experience a wild 60 to 70 degree swing in temperatures across the Rockies. From the 90s to the 30s and 20s in 24 hours and a big snowstorm as well. A new stimulus bill? Democrats are sending Republicans back to the drawing board in the effort to revive the pandemic-challenged economy. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer walked through the missing ingredients of the Republican proposal. People getting kicked out of their houses? No money. People can't feed their kids? No money. Money to help make sure that our elections run fairly and on the up and up. Money for the states to run the elections. Money for the post office. We don't see it. President Trump said today he has no plan to meet with Schumer or House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. He says their unwillingness to make a deal is political. No stocks today due to the Labor Day holiday. This is CBS News. Dell just announced their Labor Day sale. Save up to 50% on powerful business computers with Intel Core processors that will keep you ahead of the competition. Call 877-ASK-DELL. This is a special end-of-summer announcement from Dell. At our Labor Day sale, small businesses can save up to 50% on select business computers with Intel Core processors. We're committed to taking your business to the next level. Give our small business technology advisors a call. They'll identify the right tech solution for your business with Labor Day savings. Visit dell.com slash business deals or call us at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. <laughs> miss the Labor Day sale at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now through September 8th, you can get some great deals like Valvoline Max Life Motor Oil, just $26.95 and get a $10 gift card after mail-in rebate. Or Bosch Pure Vision Wiper Blades. Buy one, get one free. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. After months of preliminary hearings and delays caused by the pandemic, Julian Assange's extradition trial has finally begun in London. Among the supporters outside the courthouse, Assange's fiance, who bore two of his children while the WikiLeaks founder was sheltering inside Ecuador's embassy, the fashion designer Vivian Westwood, and campaigning journalist John Pilger. It's not due process, it's due revenge. Assange's lawyers call this prosecution persecution of a working journalist. U.S. prosecutors say the leaks of classified Pentagon and State Department files a decade ago damaged U.S. national security. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Bruce Williamson, The Temptations' former lead singer for several years, has died at age 49. Entertainment Tonight says Williamson joined The Temptations in 2006, replacing tenor G.C. Cameron, who then left the group in 2015. TMZ says Williamson died of complications from the coronavirus at his home in Las Vegas. Matt Piper, CB. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. My name is Dr. Roger Bond. I've been in practice for around 30 years now. 
One of the products that I recommend to my patients, I highly recommend, is Balance of Nature, fruits and vegetables. Back in the early 2000s, I began to have some respiratory issues that affected my practice. It affected my family life to the point where I'd come home from work and basically just lay down on the carpet because I was so tired. As I took Balance of Nature, that began to slowly change and the energy came back and was able to enjoy time with my family. I recommend Balance of Nature to all of my patients because it's a product that works. With three fruit and three veggie capsules, Balance of Nature provides you with all your recommended servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code FRUITS. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a Sports Fan on 970-97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic alongside Joey Medora as we got you up until 7 o'clock today. 83 degrees, mostly sunny outside. 6.06 on the clock on this 7th day of September. Uh, sports fan sponsored by J&K Contracting. And Joey, it's been a long weekend. I think it's been, depending on what team that you're rooting for, I, I think it's been a good weekend uh, for the majority of, the, of teams out there. Of course, for the first time in 12 seasons that Vinton County defeats Athens. Uh, it's also uh, same old, same old for Trimble as Trimble defeated Eastern. Uh, but overall, we had a couple good games over the airwaves. And, you know, what more can you ask for? You got the high school sports still up and going. I know numbers are starting to climb back up here in Athens County. But so far, so good for high school sports to this point. Yeah, uh, first two weeks have gone off. Um it's always tough. I think it takes a while to learn, uh, you know, what a team's really made of in a high school season because, uh, you know, we've seen, uh, every year you see teams start off really hot and then they, they get in the conference play and kind of fall apart a little bit. And we've seen the opposite happen. Uh, the team struggles early on, but by the time week nine and week ten rolls around, they got everything firing in all cylinders. And unfortunately, that at, at times it leads the teams uh, – getting a little too hot, a little too late, and they can't make the playoffs because of their early season losses. Luckily this year, you won't have to worry about that. Um, so teams like NY, who've had a rough first couple games, and, you know, Athens being one and one I don't think they expected that. Uh, you can take a bit of a breather and, uh, you know, really sit back and relax. You know, you got a long time. You're going to be in the playoffs regardless, so no, no loss is going to hurt your uh, computer points ranking or anything like that. Um, but it was an interesting weekend of football. I mean, how about Megs being 2-0 and after the first two weeks? Wellston showing that uh, they're still, you know, as good or if not better than last year's team with another good victory over NY. And uh, NY being 0-2, I think it's a shock to a few people. Um, and then that Eastern and Trimble game, I mean, wow, just uh, just a defensive slugfest. Uh, no, no uh, Not an inch given, really, by either the defenses. And uh, Eastern came close. They came oh so close to pulling off the uh, – I'm not sure it would have been an upset in their eyes, but totally – uh, in the landscape of Southeast Ohio football, that's probably would be considered an upset uh, Trimble losing so early in the season to a hawking opponent. That is as well. But uh, it was good. It was a good second week for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as we take a look at the standings, because really that's the only thing that we have right now are the standings of the TVC Ohio and TVC Hawking. There's no computer points. We don't have to worry about the postseason until we get there uh, in October. But with the TVC Ohio, we got Megs, who's 2-0, and we mentioned it before. But with Coulter Cleland, he's getting D1 looks. Coulter Cleland is a good quarterback. He set the record uh, for single passing yards in a game this past weekend. What was it, River Valley? Yeah, uh, 391 yards. Yeah, 391 yards. So Coulter Cleland is excelling out on the football field again, and he was getting some looks by Bowling Green. So you might see Coulter Cleland in the Mid-American Conference in the future. Uh, but we'll wait and see you know, what his future career holds. I mean, he's only a junior. He's got a whole other, after this season, he's got a whole other year left to play. And that's just crazy to think because he started as a freshman. But Coulter Cleland has really shown uh, he can lead that offense. And I think that it's going to be between Megs, Wellston, and maybe NY, you know, maybe Vinton County. You still have all these teams up, up at the top. Yeah. There's no real separation yet, but Megs it's, and Wellston take an early lead. I mean, it's too early to tell, uh, you know. Uh, Athens barely uh, etches out Alexander week one, then they lose to VC week two. VC lost to Megs. I mean, I don't know about you, Connor. I'm not sure if I'm picking Megs in, a, in an Athens-Megs matchup right now. Um, so it, it, it's a little bit too early to tell. I think uh, Wellston throughout the first two weeks uh, has probably jumped out as the favorite so far. I mean, obviously they blew out River Valley week one. We're up 41 points in the, uh, the second quarter. And then before pulling their starters out, they won 41 to six. Um, but you know, I think that win over NY, albeit at home, is really impressive because NY was coming off a, a, a close loss to Trimble and kind of, you know, wanting to get some revenge on Wellston after they beat him pretty good last year. But uh, Wellston, they rose to the task and uh, are tied with Megs atop the uh, TVC Ohio right now. Um, I think right now we talk about this on Football Friday Night. You have to kind of give the edge to Wellston as the as the best team in the conference after the first couple weeks. But there's a lot that can happen. Um, you yeah, can't count Athens out. You can't count VC out. You can't count NY out, even though they're at the bottom of the conference right now. Now, the one thing that concerns me with Athens right now, though, is their lack of a running game, right? We always get sent the stats after the game. And, of course, a huge thank you to Trevor Stevens for, for sending those stats. Uh, I don't know if you're on the mailing list yet, Joey. I, I think he just sends them to Brandon, uh, myself. But <laughs> well, you know. yeah, I, I can forward them or I could send them your way either way. Uh, but I was taking a look at the stats as I was driving back from the Trimble and Eastern game, and I saw 301 yards total offense, right? Of the, Sounds like a decent game. Of the 301 total, right? 300 yards were through the air and one rushing yard. Singular. I think they just do not have a rushing game. That There is no you know, ability, th there was no holes. I mean, obviously Brad was out at the game. I wasn't, I didn't have a chance to listen to the game because uh, I was out at, at Trimble and Eastern. But uh, from what it looks like and what it apparently sounded like is that Athens does have some problems when it comes to establishing the run game this year. I think specifically inside the tackles. Uh, and, you know, that can be an issue sometimes when you're, when you're banged up up front. They got some young guys playing on the O-line right now. And, uh, it just sounds like they're not really getting the, the downhill rushing game that, that you need at times, especially when you're playing with a lead, being able to milk the clock and not having to throw the ball around all the time to get all those yards because when the ball falls incomplete, clock stops. And, you know, just like that, you're three and out. You didn't take any time off the clock. And then the defense is right back on the field. And it does hurt you in a game like that against VC, who you know is going to pound the ball 
I mean, all game long, they're going to keep on running at you until they can stop it. And there was never really a point where Athens uh, consistently stopped the run. VC kind of had their way in the trenches in that game. And, uh, I mean, obviously only gave up one rushing yard and then ran for, I know they have 400-plus yards of offense, I believe. Um, so it was a it was a pretty, pretty solid attack there from VC. Uh, just, it seemed like, Athens defense, they came up with a few big stops in, the, in that fourth quarter, but uh, got a little bit uh, just worn down, really. Got a lot of guys playing both ways. And then, you know, when that relentless rushing attack just keeps hammering and hammering at you the entire game, uh, it makes you a little bit tired after a while, and it makes you uh, think about tackling guys after having to do it for four straight quarters. And uh, props to VC for that one. Um, you know, I feel like they, they thought the Athens game slipped away from them last year, and uh, – they weren't going to let that happen again, especially after that week one game that I'm sure they felt they should have came out with a victory. They think they should be 2-0 and right now. But uh, it was a good rebound to get a win at, in Athens uh, uh, to make it even better. Right. I mean, that was the first time in 12 seasons, 12 years, right, that Vinton County has, has taken a game from the Athens Bulldogs. Uh, so you just got to – it was a good run, but you, know, you just got to tip your cap and move on to next week because right now you are still in – yeah, the conference stand. You're still in your conference. You're you're not out of it yet. Uh, nobody has two losses except for River Valley. So River Valley's at a little bit of a disadvantage right now. But NY, Alexander, Vinton County, and Athens all with one loss, and they still can control their destiny over and later in the season. Yeah. Uh, so nothing is nothing's out of reach yet. If you still have those conference goals, nothing is uh, you know set in stone. Uh, River Valley does have a tough uphill climb. Uh, but as of right now, I think River Valley, two weeks. I'm not going to say they're out of it, but with two losses, it's definitely going to be hard with the way that Wellston and Megs uh, in Vinton County has played. Uh, and it was a tough week for Alexander, losing to St. Mary's, the team out in West Virginia, 42-6. to But over in the TVC Hawking, right? Trimble still found a way to win. I can't remember the last time that the Tomcats won by a field goal. It has been a long time, but they have a field goal kicker now, in Guffey, in Blake Guffey, and he had the leg, he had the range, and it came down to it. Yeah. He well, it wasn't too much further than an extra point, was it? It was only like... But, it, I mean, that was the difference between last year and this year, because last year it cost Trimble uh, their inability to, to kick the extra point, but now it seems that they have Guffey here who can kick yeah. the extra point and kick a little bit of range for a field goal. Oh, yeah, no, it's huge, especially when you get stuffed inside the five, three straight plays, and, you know, you don't really have a plan B to go to. Uh, it's just, it would it would affect so many high school games if they just had a guy who, when, even when you get to the inside the 15, 10-yard line and just put a field goal through, you're getting some kind of points, especially in a game like that where it's 7-7. Seven, seven. You know you can stop them. They've been stopping them the whole game, forcing turnovers and things like that. So all you got to do is get a score. And that's what they were able to do. It took that 10-7 uh, lead. And it sounded like Eastern had some opportunities on that last drive. They were driving down the field, but just uh, stalled out a little bit there at the end. And uh, that's, that's a tough one for Eastern to swallow. I know this was a big game for them this season. And I know winning the, the uh, Hawking title, which is not out of the question yet, because uh, if you can beat Waterford, Waterford beats Trimble. Uh, you know, you guys can have a share one way or another. We'll see how the season plays out with that. It looks like Waterford... Um, it's going to be pretty good after a 61 to nothing win over who was it, South Gallia? Yeah, I think it was uh, South Gallia. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, it, it's a tough one, but, you know, you can't hang your head on it. What I would try to, and I know they weren't looking for a moral victory, but you just took the, 
one of the best teams in the area to absolutely to the ringer and uh, almost came out with a victory. So I would think that you can use that as confidence throughout the rest of the conference schedule. And then once, you know, get into the postseason, uh, you can you can hang your hat on, you know, they hung tough with Trimble. They can hang tough with some of these other tough teams around the state. Yeah, but nobody really wants that consolation prize. You know, nobody really wants to just say, all right, we were close with them. They, they want to go out and get the win. Um no, and that's good. Yeah. Absolutely, but you can't, I mean, you got to take a positive out of every loss, uh, and that's how you build for the next week. So, as I said, I knew they wanted to win that game, obviously, <laughs> um, but, you know, things didn't go your way. You just made a little bit too many mistakes, and uh, when you're already, I think uh, I think people would have seen Eastern as an underdog against Trimble in that game. When you're already the underdog, you can't shoot yourself in the foot because a good team like Trimble at some point will make you pay for it, and they did when they got that turnover inside the red zone then got a first down and ended up kicking the field goal, which ultimately won them the game. And one of the things that was huge in that game, in case you missed it on Friday and, and the postgame show on Friday, was that there was a huge missed opportunity for Eastern. Reidner went deep, uh, rolled around in the pocket, bought himself some time, and then uh, his wide receiver that was wide open I mean, wide open, nobody really around him. You know, a couple of Trimble players are trying to catch up and get there, but uh, the ball was just placed on target, went in and out of his hands, whether he missed it in the lights, whether uh, whatever happened, uh, the ball was dropped, and that was kind of a little bit of a momentum change there because we had the Trimble coaches right next to us. I, I about to say, uh, what yeah. I wanted to say yeah. was you could hear them at times during the game, <laughs> and when that passes yeah. in the air, I, you could he, I don't remember exactly what they were saying, but they weren't. They were nervous. Uh, there was a, for, there for was sure. a sigh of relief. I will tell you that. <laughs> and with that sigh of relief, uh, you know, Trimble took advantage. And the other thing, on the flip side of what I was saying, with having a field goal kicker, and Heath Clements and I was talking about this on Friday. With Trimble, it's huge to have a field goal kicker here in Southeast Ohio because of situations like Eastern got themselves into. It was fourth down inside the red zone. Inside, the, I think it was inside the ten. Uh, they tried to go for it. They couldn't get it. But instead of trying to go for a field goal, they went for trying to get six. They tried to go get the touchdown, and they couldn't get it in. The Trimble defense held strong, and I think that was the Austin Weiser pick uh, close to the end of the first half. And if you just kick the field goal there, you put yourself up, and then you have the lead on Trimble. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just a matter of, Trimble was able to find somebody who can kick. Eastern didn't. And when it comes down it's, to it, that that's just the difference of the game right there, the drop pass and the ability to kick a field goal. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, I don't know, I don't feel like, I mean, I don't know about, like, uh, across the country, but at least where, where, I, where, I, where I grew up, teams could find a kicker. They could kick a 25, 26-yard field goal. It just seems to be a, uh, an issue around here. And I don't really know why, uh, you know just to find one kid i mean in ohio you could like pull a kid off the soccer team and he could play on the football team just on sun or friday nights couldn't he that's like a thing around here i don't know i mean if you have a soccer program sure yeah uh, you could go out there find someone but i could be wrong i don't uh, i know it's not a thing where where i grew up but i thought i heard that like you could do that here um and it makes sense like i don't know why it's not allowed if a kid's on a soccer team and could kick I mean, just kicks for the football team. What's the big deal? Um, uh, well, kicking a football is a little bit different than kicking a soccer ball. I get it. I mean, if you could kick one, you can probably kick the other one with some power. But you're gonna have to some kind of training, right? A little bit, a little bit of practice. Before yeah, but you, you already got there. like the the, uh, the the you know the leg kick. So you're, I mean, it's like taking a free kick in soccer. You just step back and 
Plus, they got the block. They don't have a block in soccer to elevate the ball. You got the block in football. That helps. Yeah. They have other people you know, pushing the line, making sure nobody gets through. If somebody gets through, then it's not your fault. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you have anything from fr past Friday, you want to call into the station, 740-592-6646, 740-592-6646. Our number is open. Our phone lines are open. Uh, and, of course, this is the sports fan. We'll take a short break. We'll get to other things around the area. And, of course, being an affiliate of the Reds, it's been a little bit disappointing, especially with uh, their past series against the Pirates. They needed a couple wins. They were not able to get a couple wins. We'll talk about it coming up next, as this is the sports fan on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Atomic Credit Union has been named a best in-state credit union by Forbes magazine for the third consecutive year. Based on trust, terms and conditions, branch and digital services, and financial advice, Atomic Credit Union is your trusted, local, full-service financial institution. Visit us at any of our 13 branch locations or online at www.atomiccu.com. Football season is here, and that means the return of the Hewite Honda of Athens and Lancaster football Friday night postgame show. After the conclusion of the Athens County game of the week, join myself, Connor Mills, Joey Medor, and Brad Walker for scores, analysis, player and coach interviews, and giveaways. Give us a call at 740-592-1055 or toll free at 1-888-592-1055. We'd love to hear you. The Hewite Honda of Athens and Lancaster football Friday night postgame show is back on Power 105. Hi, this is Martina McBride. When I'm on stage performing, it takes a team of talented people from all walks of life to make the show a success. I couldn't do it without everyone's help. When we embrace diverse backgrounds and work together as one, there's no challenge or problem too big to overcome. Our strength lies in our diversity. This public service message has been brought to you courtesy of the United States Air Force. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. And back inside for the Sports Fan right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills the mic alongside Joey Medor. We got you up until 7 o'clock today. Sports Fan sponsored by JK Contracting and always appreciate their support. And our phone lines are open at 740-592-6646 with the high school sports going on and still going strong. It's always good to see. And, of course, there's more than just football going on out there. I know there's been some soccer games. There's been some volleyball games. You know, I think Athens has a, a pretty good volleyball team, too. Uh, but you know, a lot of things are starting to, to work back up, and hopefully, you know, everybody's been staying safe and healthy and, you know, kicking the... Uh, kicking this COVID-19 to the curb as, as quickly as possible, and then you know, get back to that sense of normalcy and actually bring some fans to the stadium. But uh, as for right now, of course, you can hear it on at most of the games right here in Athens County on, on the radio station, which is uh, which is always good. But the uh, the one game that, that's been on for uh, right here on 970 WATH with uh, the Reds, I mean, the Reds just 
Rice Island Glaciers could not lock it down the other day. The Reds just could not find themselves in a winning position. They they had the lead. They had the lead going into the ninth. And Glacius blows the save. And uh, it seemed to me that a lot of people were uh, complaining about David Bell's managing, right? Either you, you see the reliever, he has it that day, or he didn't. And obviously, Inglacius did not have uh, the stuff that day. And he might have been left in a little bit too long, depending on who you ask. I mean, Inglacius right now, the 4.4 ERA, gives up two hits, two runs, only one was earned. Uh, Antone uh, pitched five quality innings, only giving up one run. For the most part, your bullpen did its job. The bullpen pitched the the final uh, remaining innings and just could not lock it down. Uh, Lorenzen came out there. He gave up a hit and and a walk. So then you bring in Rossiel Iglesias, and then he gives up three hits, two runs, and one earned. So it's it's not. Reds have to figure something out. They want it to happen now. (laughs) And and I I, listen. I say that as as if it's easy, and I know it's not easy. But with the way that the postseason is this year with MLB, you're not that far away. No, like anybody just now. And with the trade deadline gone, too, you don't have to really worry about it. All you have to worry about is just finding ways to win games. And when you're going against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I get it, baseball, you can beat anybody on any given day. But when it's the Pirates or when it's the Kansas City Royals or whoever, you got to figure out a way. If you consider yourself to be a good team, you got to beat the bad teams. And when the bad teams start beating you, then you got to reassess and see if you're a good team or not. Uh, what you're avoiding in all that, Connor, sure, they had a 2-1 lead going into the ninth, and they got three hits against an abysmal Pirates pitching staff. Yeah. And the bats have been struggling all year long. I mean, not that they were, they were batting 205 as of a couple weeks ago as a team. I mean, as a team, they're barely over the Mendoza line. There's no one in that lineup that really scares you right now. The only guy is Jesse Winker. Winker's batting 293. But even he's been hot and cold. Now, Winker can carry a team. But, I mean, when it can't just all be on Jesse Winker. It yeah. can't just depend on having him having a, a good day every day. People are going to go into slumps. I mean, I just think we have to start. It's, you know, we're moving into mid-September here throughout this next week. Uh, they're running out of games. And I think we've seen who the Reds are. Uh, I don't think we're... You know, with for the longest time, we kept saying, "Well, you got a little bit more time to fix it," but your—I mean, your time's coming up, and I just—I just think you're going to continue to see the inconsistencies in the bullpen. I don't see anybody that's going to all of a sudden heat up, uh, get insanely hot with the bat, and uh, you know, turn around this this incredible slump that they've had at the plate for. It's been a few weeks now where they've just really struggled to uh, to you know get just one clutch hit. I mean, the amount of guys that leave in scoring position is something else, too. Uh, they're just really, really, I don't know. They don't have the, the elements that a good baseball team have. Good baseball teams can get the big hit. Good baseball teams, every good playoff baseball team has a solid back end of the bullpen that will shut you down to win games. They have the starting pitching, for sure. Um, but unfortunately, they have nothing else there that, that, that really complements it. And... Uh, you know, they're five games back out of first place right now. They have a three-game set coming up with the Cubs here. If you sweep them, maybe you get in there. But what you also have to look at, you got to look at the rest of the NL. I mean, right now, 
it's quite possible four teams from the NL West could get in. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, we can, if we're deep enough into the season where, what is it, game 42 or 43 was today? It's a 60-game season, so now we are more than halfway through, and we are getting closer and closer to that postseason for the MLB. And as it stands right now, if the playoffs were today, right, there would be four teams from the NL West in the postseason. You got the Dodgers. This is the NL. The Dodgers, the Braves, Cubs, Padres, Cardinals, Phillies, Rockies, Giants. And on the cusp with the Marlins, Mets, and Brewers, and then the Reds. Those are your top, what I name, about 12 teams right yeah. there? I mean, they're two games back of the Giants, but, you know, I just, I don't know. They got a tough stretch coming up here. They got the Reds, or the Reds got uh, the Cubs, followed by St. Louis. I, I don't know. I just don't think there's anything to lead you to believe that they're going to come out of those six games with a winning record. And then following that, you got Pittsburgh again, but they haven't exactly played too well against Pittsburgh throughout the season. Then you got the White Sox who are fighting for a playoff spot. Brewers will be the... Uh, Not only for a playoff spot, but the White Sox are the second seed in the AL. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're trying to win the division right now. Right. I so. mean, they're, they're trying to go... They're right on pace with the Rays. And how about this? I mean, the Yankees, the Yankees have just fallen off because the Yankees are down to the, they're the eighth seed. They're still a winning team. Yeah, they're man. still 21 and 19. I, I told you, watch out for Tampa Bay this year. I told you how good they were going to be. Yeah, I think I had Tampa Bay in the preseason as number two, right? Yeah. I still got my standings back there, or we could go back and listen to the show. Uh, of course, we. Have I know I picked but... the Rays to win the AL East. And I, you might be right with that pick. I think I put them at second. Well, you might get that one. Uh, but we do have the Braves. I think I had the Braves for the East, uh, which is always good. Um, and then the Mets are fourth. And Mets right now, they're in fourth. I just did not have the Marlins up this high as they are right now because uh, the Marlins are still trying to find a playoff spot. But, yeah, anyway, I mean, still focusing in on, on the Reds here. I mean, you know, they have that, as I just mentioned, next six are Chicago, Seattle, Maybe maybe they split those three at best case scenario, and you go, we got the Pirates again, who they haven't played well this year. The Sox are leading the White Sox, that is, are leading the AL Central. Milwaukee, I mean, they're pretty much both those teams are kind of hovering around the, the same area, eighteen and twenty, I believe, or Reds are eighteen and twenty-three. Brewers are what eighteen and twenty-one. Yep. So they're a game better by a couple of losses, uh, and then they have Minnesota, who is right now going to be fighting for a playoff spot, which is crazy to think that they're 25 and 17 and uh, are in third place in the division right now, because I think a lot of people viewed the AL central as not being all that strong of a division this year. And uh, they're looking like they could be one of the best. I always thought that the Indians weren't going to drop off too bad. Well, you know, but you thought after the Indians and twins, there wasn't too much following that. I think people thought the White Sox were still a year away with all their young talent. And then you, you, you thought the Royals and Tigers, they were both, they were two of the top four picks last year. You didn't really expect either one of them to be anything special this year either. Well, who's that rookie that's been doing real well with the White Sox? It's Robert. Robert's his last name. But I, I, I can't remember his first name, but he's been the center fielder for the White Sox and he's been tearing it up. He really has done a, a nice job for Chicago, and he's been a difference maker. You know, I mean, the, the pitching has held up for the White Sox. They've got the hitting. Uh, that is a complete baseball team. And with the Indians there and the Twins there, it's all good teams. AL Central was is a good division this year. But as a, in regards to the Reds. 
they're still in it, you know, and and that's that's the bottom line. No, the majority I'm, I'm of teams sorry. are still. I don't. <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. I just, I don't think they've shown you anything that will make you. Even if they do make the playoffs, what are they going to do? They're going to play the Dodgers can, and then can, uh, be can, out and can Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer pitch every day, or maybe do a little bit of a rotation? Uh, you have Gray start, Bauer relief. If they can throw nine innings every day, sure. Then <laughs> maybe, well, maybe you'll hang around. How about you go like this? Why don't you have Gray pitch the first five, and then you have Bauer pitch the last four, and then you reverse it for the next day. <laughs> Because those are your two reliant pitchers, right? Those are your two go-to, go-to guys. And of course, I'm not serious with that recommendation. But uh, I mean, that's you look really at the what stats of everybody else, and you might be. <laughs> and it, it would be absurd to think you know that happens. But then again, the trade deadline's passed. Are the Reds going to re-sign Trevor Bauer? Are the Reds uh, the off-season moves haven't really worked out either? Mike Mustakis batting two thirty-two. Shogo Akiyama. And it's going to take a little bit of a transition year for Yakiyama because he was playing overseas, and now he's playing here. Uh, he's batting 196. So it, it will take some time for a guy like Akiyama. I didn't expect him to make a huge, huge impact, but I expected him to be at, at least above 200. Uh, but with Akiyama below 200 and batting then... batting leadoff. You can't assume you're, you're hoping a guy that's batting leadoff is getting on base at least, you know, you want him in a 350, 380 on-base percentage. Right, he's batting under two hundred. You can't say that he's. You can't bat the guy lead off and then expect. I at least hit, expect him to hit over two hundred. But then the leadoff well, hitter. He's not even in the leadoff spot. Bell wasn't even put him in the leadoff spot yeah, because he hasn't been able to hit. Yeah, exactly. But do you at least expect him to hit at least two hundred or more? As, as one of a guy with speed, as a guy you know you might depend on for a day in and day in basis, but. You got Joey Votto in there who brings no speed to the top of the lineup. Votto is still getting on base, you know, on base plus sluggings at 765, but, you know, the batting average has been going down year after year. You're not going to expect Votto to be the all-star caliber player that he's been in the past. He's getting older, you know, and he's, he was a tremendous player. But to have Votto as your leadoff hitter, that's a little bit telling. And it just makes you question, I mean, with all the other managerial experience that there was out there, why why David Bell was the one who got the nod. Because I, I don't know, I think a lot of fans right now are kind of feeling that uh, he's in a little bit too far over his head um, with the expectations for the team this year and then just, just continuing to flat out. Just, I mean, the bullpen pitching has been atrocious all season. Right, and that's something that they didn't think was going to happen. Right. I mean, bullpens can fluctuate year after year. And it's I don't think when they went into this season that they thought the bullpen was going to be this bad. I I remember talking with Tony Wolf and maybe the bullpen was a question mark, but they didn't think that the bullpen was going to be this egregious. They thought they had good starting pitching. They said Di Sclafani was going to be someone where they can work in on that rotation and help out and be fortunate to have them in there. I remember Wolf saying that. And now as we look at the team, Di Sclafani, I think he has the highest DRA of all the starters. You got Tehe Antone, who's doing well. But after that, the Reds are just, uh, they're hurting. And it, it's something that a lot of people didn't expect uh, from this Cincinnati team. Well, yeah. But I still, I'd still try to stay positive. 
because it is. But why? What have they done to make you feel like you should be positive about what they're going to do? Just because they're not out of it yet. They're betting two eleven as a team. I don't. All right, I don't. Betting two eleven. Everybody I, thought Mustakis was going to hit for power, bat in the upper two hundreds. Uh, you were hoping you'd get another two fifty year out of Votto. Maybe you thought Castellanos was going to hit for power, and they. Did, I mean, for a while they were up there in home runs. They can't hit. They're batting two eleven. They're the last in Major League Baseball. No matter how good the bullpen or the pitching is, they're getting three hits a game against the Pirates. And that can't happen. I'm just saying statistically it's not out of reach. That's the only thing I'm trying to give hope here. Realistically, do I look at it and think that the Reds are a playoff team? No, not this year. And that's a, a far cry from what we were saying in the beginning of the year. But we're at a point in this season now where we have to take a look at it, step back and be like, all right, how did everyone get this so wrong? I mean, was there a lot of injuries at the beginning? At the beginning, I mean, a couple players went on the, the COVID injured list, right? You didn't have a lot in the beginning, but and now we're, we're 42, 43 games into the season. You got to see something here. I get it. It's not a long year. It's not a year that you can go out and be... You know, slump in the first half and be an all-star the second half or an all-star the first half and, a, and just average the second half. Yeah. But you, you don't have that half. You know, you just have a, a, a quarter of the year. That's what we talked about at the beginning. We said, I mean, if you're, no matter how good your team's supposed to be, if you're caught in a hitting slump for an extended period of time, it's going to really hurt you, uh, especially during this season. And, I mean, just batting 211 as a team, is, is uh, that's not going to get it done unless you have that starting pitching, which they do, and you have the bullpen and they don't, have the bullpen at all so right but they gotta again time will tell what happens with this reds team i don't know what they're going to do in the offseason i don't think that they're going to blow it up at all i think they're going to try to build upon the pieces but i think that the bullpen and i i guess now the the lineup will have to be a big concern and they'll try to look and see where they have to improve upon and, and what they did wrong evaluating players from last year because, again, you, you put a lot of money into Moustakis. Moustakis was one of your highest paid free agents, right? Four years, $60 million. somewhere in that ballpark. You had Shogo Akiyama, who, who you brought in, and, and again, you, you take a year, you adjust, and we'll see what Akiyama does next year. But as of right now, Reds team is not looking good. But either way, Reds will be back in action. 7.45, I think, will be the pregame tomorrow as the Reds get back in action, uh, and they've got, who'd you say they got next there, Joey? They got the, Chicago, uh, three-game set, followed by St. Louis. So it's going to be tough. Tough stretch for the Reds, but, of course, with Tommy Thrall, and they, they got one of the former pitchers on there now. I think they, they shifted the Cowboy over to TV, uh, but they got a new guy in the broadcast booth. So they got two two new guys this year. They, they got Tommy Thrall, and I think they have... Uh, one of the former closers for the Reds. I can't remember his name either. But whatever it is, you can stay tuned and listen to the Reds game, of course, tomorrow at 745 for the pregame as they try to figure something out against one of the baseball's best teams in the Chicago White Sox. So we'll take another short break. Of course, our phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. You're listening to Sportsman, presented by J.K. Contracting, right here 
on WATH. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Don't miss Southeast Ohio's local music showcase, Ruby Soup, a show all about the artists and bands of Ohio every Monday night, hosted by me, Paul Holden, right here on Southeast Ohio's number one hit station, Power 105. Breast cancer is not canceled. The Susan G. Coleman Columbus Virtual Southeast Ohio More Than Pink Walk is your opportunity to walk where you are and fundraise on behalf of those affected by breast cancer. People facing breast cancer need us now more than ever. Don't miss a virtual More Than Pink Walk on Saturday, September 19th. Every step we take helps women and men facing breast cancer today and brings us closer to a world without breast cancer. Register for free today. Visit ColemanColumbus.org. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And back inside for the sports fan, 641 on the clock as temperatures range in around 81 degrees and it was sunny once we started. It's now getting a little bit darker outside. It's getting dark out early. Uh, but it is a sports fan presented by JK Contracting. Phone lines open at 740-592-6646. And alongside Joey Medora, this is Connor Mills. And you know, we are almost, well, it is. Game week. It is game week. It is almost time for the NFL to start games. Of course, their first game will be this Thursday. And the first game for the Cincinnati Bengals and you know, the first NFL game for Joe Burrow will be this Sunday as the Bengals take on the Chargers. And that should be a, a good game. Uh, the Chargers, who they got a... Is there the, the rookie quarterback there? No, Tyrod uh, Taylor starting. Okay, Taylor starting. But didn't the Chargers also draft... They drafted Justin A. Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. yeah, Justin Herbert from Oregon. Uh, so they're going to go with Tyrod Taylor over Herbert. And let's see what... Uh, see how long Tyrod Taylor lasts in the uh, offense position. and Lasts as a QB1 uh, for the Chargers. Because if you remember, he was also the quarterback for the Browns. Uh, that was before Baker Mayfield took over and set the rookie record for touchdown yeah, that passes. Yeah, one, that, one, that one was short-lived. <laughs> well, let's see. I mean, Tyler Taylor was he was with the Bills before, wasn't he? And, and led yeah, the Bills to the, to the postseason. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Led to the, the Bills to the postseason for the first time in a long time. And you then know, he's, he's, a, made it, he's a solid backup option for sure. Uh, he was backup for Joe Flacco in Baltimore for a long time. Um, and, of course, he had that one year with the Bills that, uh, you know, they made their – postseason run lost to the Jaguars in the wild card round but uh it's first time in a while the Bills were in the playoffs and then had that brief stint with the Browns uh you know just had a couple of tough losses in those first two games and he got banged up in the it was a Thursday night game against the Jets when Mayfield came in and then after he led him the victory in that one it wasn't really a question that uh Mayfield was going to play the rest of the season but uh it's an interesting challenge for the Bengals because that O-line is going to be put to the test right away you got Melvin Ingram and uh Nick Bosa coming off the edges for the Chargers in this one. Of course, a, a huge loss for the Chargers was Derwin James uh, is out. I believe it was a, a, an Achilles, torn Achilles, that uh, Derwin James will be out for the season. But they got uh, they got a lot of talent on offense. Well, you know, Keenan Allen and guys like that. Um, we'll see how Tyrod Taylor uh, uh, fares in his first start with the team. 
Um, but I think there is an opportunity for the, the Bengals to really showcase the offense that they uh, could potentially have this year. Uh, you hear a lot of good reports about how uh, Burrow's been able to pick up the offense in training camp so far. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's not going to be – I don't well, – I wonder what the line is on that game. I don't really know who I would uh, lean there. I mean, it's in Cincinnati. Obviously no fans in attendance. Um, Four o'clock game as well. So Brown's getting some uh, bit of a late game on the season opener. But uh, we'll see what happens. If uh, we'll, I mean, I think the the glaring issue is the O line on the offense. Other than that, I think you have a lot of talent. You have Mixon that you just brought back. All the receivers that we've been talking about. If AJ Green can stay healthy and all that stuff, I'll score up there. I saw a line. Plus, uh, you got the uh... Bengals are dogs. Bengals are getting three. Where do you see that? I. I pulled it up, and I, I got it in front of me, but uh, obviously you got better eyes than I do. Where'd you see that? Right Plus there. Three? There it is. Where? Oh, there it is. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was real. I scrolled by quick. I mean, you picked that up pretty good. Yeah. So Cincinnati Bengals plus three, but the over-under set at 44. Uh, but that'll be a, a home opener, Paul Brown Stadium for Joe. Unfortunately, again, I guess, well, didn't the, uh, the governor allowed... 6,000 fans, I believe. There was going to be a, a, a adjustment in the executive order that allowed the Bengals and the Browns to have about 6,000 fans inside the stadium. It was going to be somewhere in the ballpark of you know 1,000 per side or something. Uh, I forget how it was all laid out and how all, everything was, was kind of organized there. But regardless, I mean, there, there's trying to be, there is a push for some fans in NFL stadiums, there's been some fans being discussed at you know, the uh, the tennis tournament. I mean, the Grand Slam uh, over in New York. The what what is the tennis tournament? Um, they, I don't know. We're or, talking football. I don't well, know. It is, <laughs> but I mean, I'm talking about the other. The, there are other sporting events out there. The point is, the, some sporting events have been allowed to have fans, and I think that there's a push for fans, but. When it comes to football and when it comes to, you know, baseball, baseball's not going to have fans. I don't think they're going to have fans even in the postseason. Uh, we'll see if there's fans in the in NFL. I don't think it's going to happen for at least the first two, maybe three weeks, and then reassess. But I did see that Governor DeWine is going to allow fans over in, uh, over in Cleveland and down in Cincinnati. Either way, it should be an exciting home opener for Joe. I don't think that, you know, plus three is not that bad. Uh, I think that they can definitely, I think they're going to be in this game. It'll be a real test to see what the defense does, but as it goes for Tyrod Taylor, Taylor's a solid quarterback, but I don't know if he's he's like a franchise quarterback. That's why they adjusted Herbert, uh, yeah. drafted Herbert. Yeah. Uh, it, it will be interesting. First of all, uh, what we're forgetting is it will be the first time in a long time Philip Rivers won't be suiting up for the for the Chargers Week One, with uh, of course him his departure to Indianapolis for this season. So that'll be uh, something weird to see. Um, Chargers have some playmakers on offense. Keon Allen's a good player. Austin Eckler running back. Uh, Hunter Henry the tight end. Uh, they got some weapons that uh, the Bengals are going to have to take care of. Uh, but the first thing they're going to have to do is, is be able to stop the run. And Eckler, I have a feeling the game plan is going to be to get him the ball as much as possible and really see what the Bengals have at those question marks at linebacker. I mean, I know they brought back, they uh, brought in Josh Bynes from Baltimore, who had a, he had a decent season last year. But uh, the Ravens have always been really good with, with developing linebackers rather quickly. So we'll see what he does in the new system 
with Cincinnati. I think they're going to be good up front, though. DJ Reader as long and Geno Atkins is still there. Uh, Dunlap still on the outside. So I, I think they could have a more success stopping the run up front. It's just if those linebackers can come in and fill in the gaps and make the plays because I think Reader and Atkins are going to both be taking on double teams a lot throughout the season. Um, so we'll see. It's going to stop a stop on the run for the Bengals' defense this year, especially when they get into division play because I think – you know, we know Baltimore's going to want to run, going to want to run the football. You, I think the Browns with Kevin Stefanski, I think he's going to have an emphasis on getting Chubb and Kareem Hunt the ball. And I don't. Yes, he should. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think it would be in Pittsburgh's best interest to bring a a uh, a quarterback coming off an elbow surgery and still have him throw the ball 50 times a game. So I'd assume they want to have Connor as a decent part of the offense this year, as well as Blake Snell, who they drafted uh, in the second or uh, I believe it was the second or third round the year before. So it's going to be a lot of running in that division, and I think they're going to get a, a test with that. I think Eckler's going to get a, a decent amount of touches in this game. Yeah, and going back to Pittsburgh there, I think they need to get James Conner a little bit more acclimated. I mean, he did not have the year that he had when he filled in for Le'Veon Bell, right? I mean, James Conner came onto the scene, and he was hot right out of the gate. Last year was a little bit of a disappointment. He was banged up for a bit of last year as well. And I think that he can rebound from it, and that's why when we had Russ Helpman on last week, I think it was last Thursday, we were talking about him and kind of the division, and when it comes down to it, you know, a lot of these teams have a good quarterback, coupled by or a good or a prospect quarterback, right? Somebody who's projected to do well, like Baker Mayfield or Joe Burrow, or, uh, you know, I mean, Lamar Jackson has already solidified himself because he won the MVP award. You know, yeah. he's, he's no longer a prospect. Now he's an established NFL starting quarterback. Right. But... Uh, and same thing with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. But when you look at those teams, it's kind of it's kind of weird because they got hand in hand. You got a name, a household name, running back, plus uh, a a quarterback that could be the franchise quarterback of the team. Or in Roethlisberger's uh, example, it's just a, a quarterback who has been the franchise quarterback of the team. I don't know how many years he has left. But it's still, you got star quarterbacks or star prospects, and they're coupled with running backs. I don't know if it's just the, to me, Joe, that's a little bit weird. I mean, that's, it's just what it is. But when you look at the teams, it's matched up pretty well like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, it's an interesting observation there. Um, but, yeah, I also think about the Steelers. They also drafted that uh, McFarlane kid out of uh, Maryland this past year in the draft. So I think they should, as I've said, should emphasize on running the football. Um and, you know, especially in the Bengals' case, you know, all the young quarterbacks, they need, they need a, uh, a bit of a helping hand, you know, uh, uh, whether that's a, a really good defense or a run game they can lean to that opens up the play-action pass because, I mean, what you want a young quarterback to be able to do is come in and get into a rhythm early, and uh, that way, you know, they can uh, kind of settle down a little bit, get the jitters out of the way uh, for the first game. Um, I mean, along the way, Burrow is going to make some mistakes here and there. He's not going to be perfect. I mean, the game is faster. Uh, you, you hear quarterbacks talk about it all the time. Their rookie year, they throw, you know, three or four interceptions just because they don't realize how fast the DBs actually are because it's not college ball anymore. Uh, but give this offense some time to develop, and I think they could be uh, a top half of the league kind of group by the end of the season. Now, whether the defense will be able to match what the offense is able to do is yet to be seen. Um, the defense really struggled last year, and... 
on the back end, I still think they're going to be vulnerable to uh, get lit up by a couple teams passing the football. Uh, so I, I think they might be in a lot of shootouts this year where, you know, they, they're able to put up 28 points on the board, but, on the, you know, they give up 30, 35 and come out with a loss. Um, but I think this will be a building block year. I don't think you can – I don't think it's going to be a miracle run where Burrow's just going to pull this team into a 10-6 and six season and make the playoffs. And I think uh, you'd be foolish to, to expect that, but – you know, they're going to hover around, I think, five, six wins this year. Uh, I mean, they're in a really tough division. That's what people got to think about. I mean, some people think three teams from this division are going to make the postseason. Well, either way, it's still going. We anticipate this being a year where it's better than 2-14. and 14. I mean, anything that they did this year, and I think they got better this offseason, they being the Bengals. I think that they can be a better team than 2-14. and 14. Am I saying that they're going to be 3-13? and 13? No, I think they're going to be even better than that. Uh, but somewhere between the ballpark of five to six wins this year, I think is it a reasonable expectation. Now, can those expectations be broken? Sure. I mean, you could look at this team at the end of the year and be like, well, we might have set our expectations too low. Or maybe at the end of the year you look at, well, maybe it's a little bit too high. Uh, but you got to see what this team can pull together. And you and just enjoy the ride is, is what I'll say. Uh, because it, it's something special that hopefully Cincinnati is going to build upon year after year. And we'll see what Joe and that offense can do uh, starting next Sunday. But we got to take another short time out, and we'll wrap up the show after this. It is the Sportsman on 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM W-A-T-H. The Butcher is still in at Siemens Grocery, and they now offer locally grown beef from R.L. Valley Ranch here in Athens County. The cattle are free to roam the hillsides and graze on fresh green pastures. With no hormones or antibiotics, the meat is all cut at Siemens, and they have the hard-to-find cuts like brisket and flank steak. And if you have a special order, just call ahead. Serving the community since 1951, Siemens Grocery and Marathon on 305 West Union Street in Athens. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to Claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-213-9259. 800-213-9259. That's 800-213-9259. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions. 
The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan right here on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. That was the mic alongside Joey Medor, and we got you up until four more minutes. So CBS News at the top of the hour. But Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting, and I think that I'd be uh, at a loss if I hadn't mentioned on this Sports Fan that Hall of Famer Lou Brock, the dynamic leadoff hitter and base stealer who helped the St. Louis Cardinals win three pennants and two World Series in the 1960s, has died at the age of 81. Dick Zipman, the outfielder's longtime agent and friend, confirmed Brock's death. Brock arrived in St. Louis in June of 1964, swapped from the Chicago Cubs for pitcher Ernie Broglio in one of baseball's most lopsided trades. Brock was an anchor for the St. Louis team as its combination of speed, defense, and pitching made a top team in the 1960s. Brock lost a leg from diabetes in recent years and was diagnosed with cancer in 2017. But Lou Brock, again, has passed away at the age of 81. Uh, so some disappointing news. Of course, in the baseball world, uh, one of the best pitchers, Tom Seaver, uh, passed away over the weekend. And then Lou Brock passing away uh, shortly thereafter. But two legends in MLB history. Uh, so it's a uh, sad time for, uh, for MLB as, as they lost two of the greats right there. And I heard somebody say if it was Ricky Henderson or Lou Brock that they want as a leadoff hitter and I think Ricky Henderson might even be a more well-recognized name uh, for the younger generation, but the, uh, they picked Lou Brock as a leadoff hitter for, for their team. If they had to pick between the two, uh, but both are uh, both had great careers, and uh, sad to see Lou Brock go. But uh, for baseball, again, 745 pregame for the Cincinnati Reds tomorrow. And after that, I think it's 745 for the rest of the week. They got an off day here today. Uh, of course, we'll have the updates and more for you. Coming up later this week, we got football Friday night, of course, over on our sister station, WXTQ, Power 105. That starts right after the Athens County Game of the Week, which will be Belpre at Trimble. We'll have the home game for Trimble as it's their home opener here in 2020. And then, of course, Marietta at Athens. Athens looking to rebound against their loss from Bitten County just a week ago. Yeah, I think they'll have a chance to. Uh, Marietta's struggled in the first couple weeks. Uh, tough loss to Warren, a team that they've had their number in recent memory, but Warren came out and, you know, uh, took it to them. And Warren's an interesting story. I mean, they almost knocked off Fort Fry last week. Uh, so I think that's going to be a team that, you know, not in either the TVCs, but a team in the area that, you know, will we'll hover around and will we'll be uh, forced to look at because I think they could be setting themselves up for, a, uh, for maybe quite a run this season. And we will see what the... Uh what happens on on Friday, but I want to see what happens with uh, with Nathan White and uh, if he's able to establish the run game because I think it's important for Athens trying to you know, you're you're going to expect the pass, but now they have to figure out a way to in incorporate the run or maybe just you know dominate through the air. Whatever Coach White wants to do, uh, we'll figure it out on Friday. But this has been the Sports Fan right here on 970 97.1 FM WATH. For Joey Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. Our next sports fan will be tomorrow, right this way. Same time, same place, 6.06. Until then, we'll see you later.